If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information, I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying. Is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted. Is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the success report. The success report. Hear ye, hear ye, come one, come all. You are listening to The Sixth Sense Report with... Joel Nikoloff and... Well, I want you to say my name. Oh. Darnell Samuels. Why, why you gotta say it like that, man? Like, well, say, what, say it with some Say I don't, I don't sound like that, do I? No, but what? you put me on the spot, I'm gonna make you sound a little funny. No, that's <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll just stick to the regular routine and I'll say my name and Next you time. say your Next name. Time. <laughs> all right so you're listening to part two of our politics episode so this one is called platform sorry principles over platforms or principles over parties uh so to get the definitions and the principles uh for like political terms and so forth check uh episode one from season two. Uh, uh, yeah, well, yes. Yeah, episode one or the pre, sorry, yes, the previous episode, uh, <laughs> as in part one. So we're going to be looking at today uh, these principles as they are applied to the parties for the upcoming election. Yes. So we're, so we're looking at the particular issues that are concerning to the voters. Now, can't cover everything. So don't hate. You didn't <laughs> cover marijuana. Yeah, because we already did. <laughs> right, right. So, <laughs> right. So, we're covering education, childcare, and, and deficits and, slash and, taxes. And, and taxes, right? And again, we're looking at the, the three major parties uh, the red being the liberal party, a party that is fiscally responsible but socially progressive. Liberals are strongly supportive of unrestricted abortions, LGBT rights, and high rates of immigration. And then you have... Well, the and the leader being Kathleen Wynne. Yes. And then, and then you have uh, the Blue Party, which is the PC. Conservatives. Progressive conservatives. And that they're into like low taxes, uh, smaller, less intrusive government, strong regime of law and order, a strong military and respect for the traditional values. Uh, the faction that holds generally that the traditionalist views uh, on matters involving sex, gender, family, and human life. And then finally, the Orange Party, which is the NDP, the New Democratic Party. And their, their party is strongly backed by Canadian unions, academics, environmentalists, and social justice activists of all sorts. Though this has helped saddle the party with a reputation of being too far left. And uh, the leader being. Um, Andrea Horwath. Right. Um, I, I mean, Hor Horvath. Oh, that W doesn't sound like a W apparently. But anyways, sorry, I'm not trying to hate. Um, I just the one thought I have about the NDPs is that their own re only real success in Ontario, anyways, was with or federally too, but with Jack Layton at the helm i think that was i mean some other provinces have elected ndps but mm -hmm. but we've never had an ndp prime minister either no from that party uh, represents so uh, pretty interesting so okay let's just jump into the issue the first issue we're looking at is taxes mm -hmm. um so 
just a a reminder if i use terms like libertarian authoritarian conservative stuff like that and you're not sure check out the first episode um so taxes wise um the the let's start with the liberals they they really don't have much of a change to their current structure um in what they want to spend um that said they are planning to run deficits until 2024 which is super concerning considering what i said last time which was that we have a higher per capita debt than california and it's i don't know it's just frivolous spending in my opinion especially when the government talks about wanting to add uh financial to the school system to teach kids how to spend their money better and they're just uh incurring mass amounts of debt so um currently their deficit's looking at 20 million next year um so the ndps are i wouldn't say much better they have no timetable for balancing their budget talking five years of deficits ranging from 5 million to 20 million and next year's is supposed to be 15 million. That said, they do want to change taxes. Um, they want to increase corporate taxes. They want to add a home speculation tax like BC, and they want to increase the tax rates for the rich people making over, I think it's like 220K and then 220 or 225. Um, and then the next tier above that, they want to increase again. And then all cars over uh, 90,000, they want to add more tax. So, I mean, in my opinion this is hardcore socialist they basically want to do wealth redistribution you make too much money oh you own a corporation we want to tax you more than than the general public let's say or or the middle class so i mean if you're in favor of wealth redistribution this is your party yeah um, <laughs> but um you know there's consequences let's ask venezuela how they like their socialism Right, but part of it too is, you know, people vote according to their social class and where they're where they're at financially, because if you're rich, you're not voting NDP. Right, <laughs> right. And the reason why you're not voting NDP is because you're trying to um, avoid or trying to drop the tax the tax burden. The, the yeah, the tax burden, right, and avoid that. And if you're poor on the lower end. You're, you're kind of looking. What well, I mean, you're, you're not even. For, you're, well, you're looking for that assistance. You're you're looking yeah. for that help. So that party is gonna. I mean, you don't even care what the tax you. platforms are, right? Because right. it's like right. in general, I'm looking at what am I gonna get. I'm not because all of the tax platforms, uh, maybe they'll impact me. And when we get, to but the that's PCs, deep though. See. That's deep because, what I'm like for the listener, like you have to ask yourself. Am I thinking, am I approaching this like, look, man, I need to get a break. I need, I, I need a I handout. Need, I need <laughs> a handout, right? I, like, uh, is that the right, is that, is that politically correct? Well, no, we, we don't have to be politically correct because this, this, this is, this is principles over po- politics. So, but, <laughs> but these are good questions to ask and even, and to think about because now and you look at the middle class, which is kind of like the swing vote. Well, but I would also say. What about your future self? What do you mean? So if I vote for policies that tax the middle class and upper class more, eventually I might be in those classes. Mm-hmm. And oh, now I'm going to try to change it when I'm there. Mm-hmm. Am I only looking at 
the consequences right now? Or what is the long-term consequences? Again, let me reference Venezuela. When people voted for these socialistic policies, they didn't overnight become, uh, they're eating cats and dogs because that's the only option they have for food. It was a long process of basically giving entrepreneurs no incentive. Um, so before I go down a crazy so anti-socialism <laughs> trail, um, let's talk about the, the well, PC's yeah. tax policy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at um, that. So they want to stop the minimum wage, the next tier of the minimum wage increase. So they won't be going to 15. They'll leave it where it is. Uh, they want to drop corporate taxes in Ontario by 1%. They want to cut um, middle-class taxes burden by 20%. And then they also want, they're going to oppose the federal government on the carbon tax. And um, I don't know if you've, if you've seen the memes circulating around the cost of, ta- of gasoline and how much is already taxed. There, there's some concerns there because if you don't like your gas price today, Oh, it's just wait till the carbon tax comes in. Um, and that's going to affect all, all levels of, of society, whether you're poor or not. Um, one other point I'll just touch briefly because we're going to come up later is um, the PCs also have a, a tax rebate plan with regards to childcare. But that's, I'll dig into that. Yeah, a bit. but you know, and for the listener, I really want them to wrestle with like looking at these, this tax issue and even like, for the for the Christian who's listening, and you want to make the most moral decision, uh, is increasing the tax rate for the rich a good a moral thing? Is it is it moral to make more people p- make the rich pay more taxes than the poor? Is that a is that is that a morally good thing? Um, I think. Too many people default to yes without wrestling with it. Right? Because like is that fair? Sorry. I mean, is like is that fair? Now now, mind you, I'm not rich by any means. But I was just thinking, like, yo, like, let's say, you know, so six, the, let, hold, hold on. let's say six cents report blows up and we're rich. And now I move it to a different tax bracket. You are gonna pay more. The but that's not is, fair. No, no. The question is. Do I deserve to pay more proportionally? Because that's a different question. If, if we had a flag tax of 15%, mm-hmm. if you make more, you pay more taxes mm-hmm. at 15%. The real question here is, do I deserve to pay more proportionally? Do I deserve, because I made more money, to pay 50% of my income to, t- to taxes? Because that's what we're talking about in Ontario. It's like 54% when you make over 120 k So... I would argue that there is a disincentive for entrepreneurs to make more than 120K. And if entrepreneurs are meeting customers' needs, there's a disincentive to meet more customers' needs. Mm-hmm. Because I got to give 50% of my efforts away. So why, make, why put in the effort? Mm-hmm. So that's where that's, there's a, a slip of the tongue, intentionally, in my opinion. Oh, they deserve to pay more. They already do. Even with a proportional 15% flat tax, you make more money, you pay more tax quantitatively. Mm-hmm. So would you say that it's a, a morally 
I mean, I, I personally would, if I was, you know, so a libertarian perspective with regards to government and taxes is reduce the size and scope of government. But from a tax perspective, I would say if we were to do something like if you make under 35000 you pay no tax and everything over that's 15%, I would consider that to be a moral compromise. As in, yeah, you know what? You don't have money. You shouldn't pay taxes. Okay. Now, does that mean that some of the things government does aren't going to get funded? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. All right. Move on to the next issue. Uh, child care. So, so child care rates in Ontario, in Ontario cities have been have risen rapidly in recent years. In some areas, families can expect to pay 20000 a year. And Toronto is the most expensive city in the country. But Ontario's major parties diverge widely about whether some families should pay more than others. Yeah, it's a pretty diverse portfolio. I mean, they're, they're simple differences. Um, so I'll just lay them out quickly. Yep. NDP is under 40,000 free childcare, over 40K you would pay. Um, and it would work their goal, <laughs> the goal, but good motivations. But let's see if the application works out, would be an average of $12 per day per kid as a cost. So zero for under 40, and then probably let's say $24 a day um, for over 40,000. Um, but that said, it's currently at a price of like fifty plus dollars a day, um, and then the liberals just want to go full blown socialist, um, and their free childcare, regardless of income, um, basically nothing. There's no such thing as a free lunch. That's my response to both of these two. It's not free. Somebody's paying for it. Mm-hmm. So if you have kids and you make over two hundred thousand dollars, you're paying for the neighbor. To take their kid to childcare. And then what if you don't have kids? You're paying for your neighbor's kids. Hot dog. Right? I mean, this is this is socialism. It's wealth redistribution. <laughs> the guy who doesn't have kids is paying for his neighbor's kids to go to daycare so that they both can go to work. And it doesn't matter that he decided not to have kids. Or his kids are full grown. And now he's paying for them to go to school. But he's still got to pay for his neighbor's kids to go to daycare. Okay, so what about the PC? So the PCs are the least socialist, um, but I would still argue it has a a wealth redistribution aspect. And that's just, they're going to give tax rebates to the low-income families uh, up to 75% of the childcare costs. So, I mean, that, in my opinion, actually makes the most sense um, from a symptom management perspective. Okay, what do you mean by that? Why is childcare so expensive? <laughs> Great question, right? Nobody's talking about it. I mean, number one, obviously, Toronto has the highest childcare because the land values are so expensive. So it's not like Joe Schmo can just open up a childcare facility because they don't own their home mm-hmm. or you know they're renting and their landlord's not going to let. Like, so not anybody can open a childcare facility. Plus. Regulations are out the wazoo. Like, if you have over five kids in your fam, you know, in your house for childcare, you have to meet all government regulations. Oh, so really? maybe that means that you have to have a peanut-free kitchen, even though none of your kids are allergic. Or, and I, I mean, I don't know that this one's necessarily true, but it's a great example because it does apply a lot. Your childcare facility has to be wheelchair accessible. 
So guess what? How much, what, what percentage of childcare facilities actually have a patron who needs that? I don't know. It's probably relatively small. Mm-hmm. Let's say under 5%. And the free market solution would be an entrepreneur identifies that 5% of the population isn't being served. Or maybe a nonprofit identifies it and says, hey, guess what? We know a lot of people in your neighborhood need this. We're going to pay, we're going to give you 50 grand to go put in the childcare or the wheelchair accessible ramp. Maybe you have to put an elevator or uh, like a, you know, a wheelchair elevator because your your childcare facility is in the basement, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Right. But these regulation upon regulation upon right. You know what the best kind of regulation is? No regulation. (laughs) The most regulation is the free market. The, The customer educates themselves on whether or not this, cu- this entrepreneur is meeting my needs. If they don't, if they aren't, they're going to go to someone else. And as an entrepreneur, I have the most vested interest in making sure that my patrons don't get sick. Yeah, but I think part of the reason for the over-regulation of, of childcare is because people are, are worried that, that does that someone opens up their home and it's unsafe and, and, and it, and it becomes a potential danger to, uh, customers. The market has avenues for us to mitigate that concern. Yeah, that's right. Right. So, Oh, guess what? I am going to make sure that my vulnerable sector search with the OPP is literally at the front door. So I'm proving to you, I have no past records of misconduct with children Mm. or at all. Right, it doesn't have to just be children. It yeah. could be anybody, right? Yeah, like, but yeah. so, I mean, these are things. Alternatively, you know, if that's a huge demand, somebody will meet the customer's demand. The market will regulate. Yeah, but as point. of right now, like in this present day, as of right now, that's not the situation. Well, because the government has a monopoly on right. the regulation. Yeah, but for <laughs> but yeah, but for the voter, so why is your re- they're in a spot where they're like, okay, look, man, like all that free market stuff is wonderful. But I don't got time for that. You know, I got to drop my kid off tomorrow and I need somewhere that's cost effective. So I'd rather charge my, my well, single neighbor. Hey, man. Hey, man. Yo, there, there's other two cents out there, Joel. There's other two cents out there, brother. So there's people who are probably saying like, look, man, I, I have no time for that. I'd rather just vote for this guy so that they will tax everybody else and then this problem will go away. Well, but... You know, the problem with spending other people's money <laughs> is you overspend. Seriously, if you're going to dinner and someone else is paying, you're getting steak. But if you're paying, you're buying the chicken. Well, not unless it was me and Tyra. Then it's just like, it's not, you know what I'm talking about. All right. So, but the point is that we overconsume when we don't have to bear the burden of evaluating. So, perfect example free childcare. How many families today only do childcare on Monday and Friday and then have family members take care of them Tuesday to, to Thursday? Yeah, I know a lot. But guess what? When it's free, kids going five days a week now. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Costs are going up because there's right. more kids in childcare. Yeah, it's kind of like the healthcare system. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to education and, and look at that. Okay. So, the, I mean, this, I think education is a great example of my criticism of government in general. 
and and actually if you look at all of the other stuff that we didn't touch on like transportation hydro all that stuff there the government gives their shows their card in that the government has one tool spend money generally speaking that is all the government does so there is the government is a hammer and everything is a nail mm-hmm. so when we look at as i said all the other ones are are way better examples of that where they're just like throw money at these problems right right so okay let's walk through it so we'll look at the pc first so mr ford has vowed to scrap the sex education curriculum and the province discovery of the, the province's discovery math curriculum which focuses on creative problem solving he also wants uh, to police free speech on ontario's campuses uh, threatening to limit post-secondary funding to institutions deemed to be not respecting free speech. Okay, and then we have the NDP. So the NDP platform calls for $16 billion in spending over 10 years on infrastructure and repairs at Ontario schools, capping a kindergarten class sizes at 26 students and getting rid of a standardized EQAO testing, which the party argues uh, force teachers to teach the test instead of focusing on the children. And then the liberals, uh, in their budget, the liberals promised new measures to modernize the curriculum and assessments and assessment schools from kindergarten to grade 12 and planned a $3 billion in capital grants to post-secondary institutions over 10 years. So Ms. Wynn is also defending the liberals' overhaul of the sex education curriculum. So the party platform is always consistent with their their principles and goals. And, and, and that's what we were trying to show the listener that, yeah, these things are still consistent from the top and the leaders of these parties, uh, all the way down from the provincial level to the municipal level. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, and that's where I think the conversation gets lost in the sense that like, oh, these are left policies. These are more liberal policies. These are more conservative policies. These are more right-wing policies. But that aspect of when I was saying, oh, we're on this linear spectrum, there's no conversation around the authoritarian versus liberty side of things, right? So what if, you know, we had a conversation about uh, kindergarten when it came to education. What if I don't think that my kids should go to school until grade one and I, I still got to pay. So there's this authoritarian aspect, like Mm. this is what you have to do. Mm. And we're going to collect money from everybody because this is what we deem is most appropriate. But you as a parent might, maybe your kids actually more advanced and, and at a grade at an age of five can go into grade one. Nope. That's not going to happen. Generally speaking, you have to jump through hoops to make something like that happen, right? Mm. Maybe you're, you feel like your kid is advanced and so you want to start him in school earlier. Like all of these aspects where, you know, it's authoritarian. This, you know, our education system is so intervening in you and as a parent and what you think is the most appropriate. And for a lot of people, it's like, well, it's just easier because now I can go to work and I don't have to think about it. And Right. But, but that's with the whole authoritarian aspect you have the, with the sex education curriculum where you know, people turned around and this is why voting is important because, you know, when, when the curriculum came out, a lot of, a lot of people were up in arms, but again, like, did you vote? Did you know that this was coming? I knew it was coming. 
Right. Well, yeah, because because <laughs> you're working from principles and you understand like, look, if you're working from certain principles, you know, if you know, if if your leader is divorcing her husband to bring another woman in and have him live in the basement, you got to start asking some questions. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it's true. You know, you got someone on your staff who has been accused of being a pedophile and it's just it's crazy. Right? Yeah, I mean. I, I've, you know, let's contrast all three of these. I mean, do I like some of them better than others? Sure. Are the conservatives seeming to be less of a let's throw money at this problem? Mm -hmm. Sure. But who's to say when they, because they were talking about reviewing the entire liberal current structure of the, the school system. Who's to say that two years from now, they're going to be like, oh, we need to spend $10 billion. Like, again, mm -hmm. they're, they're a hammer. And the yeah. school system yeah, and, is a nail. And, and, and that's what we want the listener to think about. Like when they're saying, okay, we're going to spend 16 billion. We're going to spend three. Yeah. Where's, where's that money coming from? And who's to say it's going to be effective? Like we've been talking about revamping the school system for the last 10 years in Ontario. But well, well, this is more, well, the, the 16 billion is it, just to put the context, the 16 billion is from the NDPs and, and they're, yeah, yeah, they're proposing, sorry. they're proposing, uh, the infrastructure and repairs of but schools. Even the liberals talking about modernizing curriculum and assessments for K to 12. That's a great motivation, mm -hmm. but let's talk about effectiveness. Are mm -hmm. you more effective at it? Like, I mean, in our personal conversations, I've said to you, I expect the Uber of education in the near future. Okay, what do you mean by Uberization? So if you look at education, we've been adding technology to an archaic structure of learning, right? I mean, use universities as a good example. The only reason why we used to go to a lecture and listen to someone is because we couldn't all afford a textbook because we didn't have the printing press. Mm. We're still following that method even though everybody has the textbook. Mm -hmm. So this platform of learning hasn't modernized even though our avenues of not only how we can easily access information but also how we can consume it right like i mean i'm constantly walking around listening to a podcast of some capacity i'm, I'm constantly educating myself I can do that while I'm driving or, and obviously for kids, these things are different, but my point is that we're, we haven't modernized the learning environment. And I think it's only a matter of time before, you know, the Uber, i.e. mass technology disruption to the school system occurs. And at that point in time, you're going to go, I don't care what the government thinks they're going to do because this all Uber alternative actually is able to meet my individual customer needs unlike the government school system that is about meeting the masses needs and doesn't tailor it to the individual so then what's your two cents what do you want the listener to take away from this well i mean if you look at education it's like the libertarian platform is put parents back in charge so that's just an aspect of okay the parent knows their child the best. They're gonna obviously they're gonna know how to meet their child's needs the best. It doesn't mean they don't outsource that, you know, tool of meeting their needs. So, you know, that's the one great thing with the PCs. They're like, we're gonna, you know, facilitate feedback from the parents. What do they want? 
especially in regards to sex ed, I think, uh, if I read that correctly. Um, and again, I, you know, that example I said about, you know, what do I really want them to recognize? The government has one tool, throw money at it. We as a society need to recognize bigger government leads to Venezuela. Like, it's just inevitable. The government, I used to work there. It's literally, oh, I get, you know, a bigger budget looks better. Not, did I spend my budget better? Did I have a, there's no measure of effectiveness of spending my money Mm -hmm. because my revenues are completely removed. Unlike a nonprofit who can literally lose their money if they build one house by raising $20 million for a Haiti fund. No one's going to support them again. Right. And I would want to leave the listener with a quote from Thomas Sowell's book, Basic Economics. And he basically, and he says, by its very true nature, as a study of the use of scarce resources, which, which have alternative uses, economics is about incremental trade-offs, not about needs or solutions. Uh, that may be why ec- economists have never been p- as popular as politicians who promise to solve our problems and meet our needs. So again, there's limited resources in regards to the way the economy functions. And we have to, cu- we have to consider how that we can never have all of our needs met. So give us your two cents. Tell us what, we, what you want to hear more questions on or, or more conversation on. Uh, whether it's these platforms or anything else, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter. At the Sixth Sense Report. But you heard me. Does that make sense? Madden and Mitchell Media.